tonight on the How To Hobby Podcast. Join us as we dive into what it takes to hike successfully with your kids. We're also going to cover all of our favorite fall traditions as fall is right around the corner and review the NFL season so far. If you like what you've heard, please follow us at our social media and you can always find all of our episodes and content at howtohobbypodcast.com. Hello and welcome to the How To Hobby Podcast. I'm your host, John Power, joined once again by the master of disaster, Sean Bennett. Tonight, we're going to be bringing you some rip-roaring content like we always do. We're going to be diving into something that is super fun. I got to experience this last weekend and have been really understanding more and more. We're going to talk about how to hike with kids more effectively, and I'm it's it's my newest thing I'm trying to I'm trying to tackle Sean but uh we're gonna talk about much more than that fall is in the air and Sean is fresh off a trip to my neck of the woods in Arizona uh how is it back in in San Diego Sean it I'll admit it feels good to be home uh as much as I absolutely loved the trip and going out there and seeing you in the area it does feel good to be home in the nice cool San Diego weather Uh, I think our high today was lower than the lows while we were out in Phoenix. So uh, (laughs) it feels pretty good. I'm not built for that heat. Uh, But yeah, I'm What are we talking about out there? It's what, the high was 60 something? No, I think the high was like 74, 75 today. Okay. Oh, pretty standard. Yeah, yeah. Great, like San Diego, October. It's perfect. Weather's starting to come down a little bit. It's actually supposed to get down into the 50s at night next week so we're actually starting to feel that chill in the air and Whoa. it just gets colder you know i'm 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 pretty stoked well how was the big moment i heard you you got to go i didn't get to join but you got to experience one of your favorite things in life hashtag brcc coffee in real time or yeah. I, is that what's the when you enter into the brcc like land is is it a different experience it, it is. So uh, <laughs> for those, we'll, we'll kind of give some backstory. So John left the lovely land of San Diego last year to move out to Phoenix, Arizona for work. And uh, I came out there this weekend to visit some friends and visit with John and uh, spend some time out there and, of course, drink quite a bit. Uh, but it was it was a good time. And uh, my one of the things I was most excited about besides seeing John out there is that Black Rifle Coffee actually opened a brand new location, a storefront in Phoenix less than a month ago. And me coming from California, where there's probably never going to be a Black Rifle Coffee, it was really cool to go out there and actually be able to step inside, step through the doors, order coffee, see the layout, see the, all the shirts and the coffee mugs and the coffee they had sold there. It was just really cool to see a company that I've been following for almost five years go from this little mom and pop shop to this, you know, huge company with I think something like 70 or 80 different storefronts across the US. So it's just really, really cool to see. And actually, obviously, I love their coffee and uh, just really enjoyed going out there and and, and experiencing that. That's so, awesome. Yeah. And, and any major takeaways before we dive into brcc a little bit more in depth about the the in-depth review of the coffee itself anything you were surprised about uh for with, with the valley that you were un, you know not expecting driving around here and spending was, a couple days it was wild to me how uh how do i describe it how rocky the landscape is out there desert like man. dude it's it's legit desert like when we we left and by the time we hit like San, you know, California desert, San Diego desert, like Agua Caliente, it was just straight desert. But then you get into Phoenix and it's like a different kind of desert. It's like huge rocks everywhere that they've they've built the city around. So like generally yeah. when you go to a city in the desert or a city anywhere else, they level everything and they just build on it. Phoenix and like Scottsdale and the surrounding areas, they just accommodated some of these huge rock formations and just built cities around them so you have these towering uh you know mountains right next to the baseball fields and stuff it was so cool to see because it made it feel more natural it wasn't like i'm in the city it's like oh there's some mountains you know 
couple hundred feet from me. So it was, it was pretty neat. Doesn't it doesn't it feel cleaner too? I, I don't know. To me, the desert always sort of has this uh, when I when I look at it and when I come back, I'm always refreshed. My mind's eye is refreshed by just the uniqueness. Uh, but anyway, maybe. Maybe that's just me, Sean. I mean, I'm interested I, to hear. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. I the the desert landscape, it just feels a little bit more sterile, I think, because that's right. Yeah, you have, you know, less biodiversity, so it's a little less busy. Um, but really, my favorite part, we stayed in Scottsdale, which I had never been to before. Um, like we walked Old Town Scottsdale at night. And there was so many different people having so much fun and just these these party buses of women and bachelorette parties just <laughs> drinking and singing. And then you walk by and there's a country bar and you walk by and then, you know, we we happened onto this art district. So it's like three blocks of just Native American art and paintings and glass sculptures. And it was just the craziest. You just walk in any direction for a couple of minutes and you're in a completely different vibe. Uh, it was it was really cool. I would highly recommend to anybody traveling out there to stay in Scottsdale um, or like the northern Phoenix area. It was just, it was just really cool. I'm I'm really glad that we went. Uh, I don't know if I could live out there. So props to you, John, for getting through the heat. That's just uh, not my jam. <laughs> it's it takes a special special type. Uh, but but diving into the BRCC. So you came in. They hand you a gun on site, right? It's <laughs> it's like you you come in, they're like, all right, welcome to BRCC. I wish. I <laughs> let me tell you, I wish. No, it's it's a very rugged military feel when you walk in. They have ammo cans are the signs for like where you pick up your coffee. They have the back of a Jeep is cut off and mounted to oh, the wall. So they, and that's... they really dive in. They they go full oh yeah, full it's, into the it's theme. so so cool inside they have a bunch of animals mounted on the walls i don't know if they're real actual taxidermy or if they're <laughs> fake but they got you know deer and and elk mounted on the walls and you know all of the tables are this really cool uh what looks like live edge and it was just it was such a cool vibe walking in because it's exactly what i imagined but even better wow um, and their coffee was fantastic i mean we got we kind of went the floofier ends because we wanted something sweet at that time. We went with vanilla lattes. So, but I got mine blended, which was a whole different experience because it's more of like that quote Frappuccino style from Starbucks, uh, which just kind of makes the flavor taste, or the coffee taste a little bit different because it's smoother. Um, so yeah, it was, it was very interesting. And then we actually ended up going to a different coffee shop that was one of the highest rated coffee shops in Scottsdale the next oh. day. And I actually liked BRCC more than the highest rated one there. So which I'm one, hoping... which one was that? I'm curious. Was it press? Uh, yes, it was press. We did the press in the Scottsdale yeah. Fashion Square. Yep. Yep. I know. I know that. I know that location. Yep. So, so not, not as good. Did you get a not regular drip coffee or... Uh, I went for one of their shakers. So oh, it's okay. the espresso uh, with honey, cinnamon, and oat milk. Wow. Um, so I don't even uh, know what these terms are. I just get the drip. I'm like a very <laughs> standard, standard man. Uh, <laughs> I, I When I have my go-to places, I'll have my standard drip. But I think generally what I try and do is when I go to new places, whether it's a restaurant or a coffee shop or whatever it is, I try and go for the things that are kind of like their thing you know like their thing is the shakers that's kind of their signature so i go for that or um some of the other places even restaurants like mexican food restaurants who like they yeah. claim they're the best chimichanga in the area the oh, best you, you still gotta get to el charo man i'm telling I know. you oh I do. man i have to get out there you gotta make that trip <laughs> uh, you should have done it on the way home I, you should have shot down to tucson two hours <laughs> you would not have regretted it i'm just yeah saying but no, that's good. And I like that. I We've talked a lot about this, but living life to the fullest. Mm -hmm. I mean, kind of enjoying if you're going to go somewhere, you might as well enjoy a little bit of extra floof 
Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. One hundred percent. Always invest in that because it is. It's an investment in your trip. You can look back on the memories, even if it's whether it's a vacation, like you know, we splurged and went to some of the good coffee shops and the good breakfast places. But even if you're just going to your local Italian spot, try something a little bit different than what you would normally get. I personally, except for a very few select restaurants, I never get the same thing twice, no matter where I'm going. Every time I go to a place, I get something new. And for me, it's just because it's fun to see the different things they make. It also makes it super easy to pick what I want on a menu because I just kind of look and go, that sounds interesting. I'm just going to get that because I know that if I don't like it, I can always come back and try something different. Wow. Well, I I, I applaud you for that because I am... I can be a little bit more diverse, I think, when it comes to my selection, but I still enjoy the the going out and the experience. So I think it's just all about your mentality and what you find joy out of. I, I'm much more a creature of habit, so I don't mind too much the, mm-hmm. the run in the mill. But um, yep. so dovetailing into that, how was I know we've been talking about our nutrition goals here for 2022 and, and where that's where that's putting us. Uh, how was traveling with your new, uh, you know, goals in mind? It was difficult, but not as hard as I anticipated. So, you know, when you're going out on a trip, we were in an Airbnb, but still, you don't generally tend to cook a lot of stuff for yourself. Um, yeah. we, we, we had snacks and stuff prepped for the drive out there and the drive back. But like in the Airbnb for three days, we hadn't really prepped for that. So we do, we did have to go out and buy a lot of food, which grocery store or or like eating out, eating out. So we did, we brought some, some stuff that went in the fridge, like some fruit, some peaches, some bananas, some chips, some snacks, some like Mm -hmm. the veggie straws, stuff like that to snack on. But generally for the meals, we had to go out and get it, Um, which was kind of neat because it forced us to get involved in the local cuisine. So, you know, you have to try and eat like a local. And we, we did not <laughs> eat at any, any of the chain places that we would have out here. We oh, avoided okay. everything from like BJ's to Starbucks to everything. We focused okay, solely good. on all of the local restaurants. And so that was, that was really fun. And I enjoyed doing it. What but was your harder? What was your top, uh, I guess, since you went to a number of the local spots out of all of the, mm-hmm. you know, when we're, we're considering genre is no option as far like, I don't, whether it was coffee, whether it was food, what was kind of your, your favorite moment from the, the entirety of it? I think it was, and I can't remember the name of the place, but it was a Shot. Thai place. I know I'll have uh, to go back and try and find it. It, it was, was a Thai what? place. Okay, a Thai, Thai place. place. Um, I Thai food is one of my favorite foods out there. And so I went and, we tried a new a, a Thai place we'd never heard of before that got really high ratings on Yelp and Google. Oh, wow. And it was uh, really, really good and very filling. Um, so so yeah, we'll, to... we'll track that down, listeners, yes. and get that in the in the show notes after the after the fact, because I'm interested. I'm actually asking for a friend. Um, I do like Thai myself. Yeah. Oh, so... Thai. oh God, it was it was really good. Um, so yeah. It, it was it was hard. It was hard mm-hmm. to stick with the nutritional goals. It wasn't impossible though. The thing that I focused on was trying to make the smart choices of the eating out that we were doing. And in combination with the fact that we were also planning on drinking a lot while we were out there and drinking alcohol has a significant amount of carbs were, and sugar. planning on <laughs> We I mean, we went out most I think almost every night we were there and got, you know, quite a bit of drinks in us. So um, and of course I'll admit, and I, I, I would have felt guilty about it a few years ago. Now I feel less guilty about it because of all the work that I've done, but we definitely did a late night in and out run. Um, we were pretty, pretty tipsy and it sounded so good. It was like 1230, one o'clock in the morning. So we went to in and out, got some burgers and went back to the Airbnb, laid in bed and ate burgers. And I'll admit, I felt like crap the next day, uh, <laughs> but I felt great in the moment while eating it. <laughs> <laughs> so take with that what you will. Yeah, but, uh, good, good, good for you. I'm glad. Yeah. Hey, sometimes those twelve thirty runs are necessary. I can I can really yeah. get there at this point in my in my life. But uh, yeah, I was I, I I fade quick. Man, that's 
but I'm glad you, 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 I'm living vicariously through you. You know, I, I don't have these opportunities as, as readily available anymore. So that's yeah. good. No, it was, it was really good. So I'm, um, we did the best we could with the situation. There are steps that we could have taken and I plan on implementing this when we go to Ohio, because we're going to be in there December or we're going to be gone for over a week. And so I'm going to be implementing going to the grocery store. Like once we get to the Airbnb, finding the nearest grocery store, we did this in New Orleans as well. And just get the staple Best. stuff, get the, get some eggs, get some bread, yeah. get some butter. If you like mm. oatmeal, pick up some oatmeal, the general Gotta stuff, that like it. especially breakfast meals, because those are like, you just get up and you just want to make a good meal before starting your day. Um, and then I usually maybe make some lunches. I generally, whenever I'm traveling, I plan I'm going to go out to dinner every night. That's just part of traveling for me is experiencing local cuisine. But if I can make some breakfast cheaply and much more nutritional, good nutrition versus just kind of eating breakfast sandwiches and breakfast burritos and stuff, um, that's what I like doing. So I'm going to try and do that. Going to the grocery store in Ohio, getting some of that stuff. And then also trying to plan ahead of time. So before we even leave for Ohio, trying to, to game plan some of the restaurants and the areas of town that we want to go to, look at those menus of those places and try and just pre-select some of the things that I'm like, oh, if I'm in the mood for this, this might be a good idea. If I'm in the mood for this, this might be a good idea. Not pick it ahead of time, but no, you know, I don't have to get the big fat greasy burger. I can get this really good chicken sandwich that's still filling, still gives me that kind of like greasy burger vibe, but without all the greasy burger vibe. So um, yeah, just some things I'm going to implement, some things I learned from this trip. So that's I'm great. excited. Well, and I mean, I think it's always important to take away some some things to consider for next time. And that's what you're doing. So good, good mm -hmm. for you. I'm glad it's uh, it's going well. Um, I definitely have some news. I had a, had a moment, as you know, listeners, I ride to work every day and I, I ha have spared very few days this year. I think I could probably count them on two hands, believe it or not, Sean, that I've actually driven to work, which has been great for my pocketbook because, oh yeah, gas is shooting up once again, listeners. And I can't believe it. We're at five dollars here again and i'm just scratching my head wondering when it's going to end but we'll talk about that another time yesterday i get the dreaded so out here in in phoenix in arizona i don't know if you got to experience it sean we have these things called uh well dust storms and they they roll in from various parts of the desert and what happens on your phone is uh, you know like most emergencies the, the the companies or the weather forecasters communicate with you via whether you want to hear it or not, they send you the the insight. So I'm in the gym yesterday after work, which has kind of been my routine. And I get this, this huge, you know, alert. It's the, the crazy red alert sound that comes through the iPhone or whatever phone. And it rings out through the gym. And I'm like, oh, what's that? And I looked down and, you know, in between my sets and I guess it was like a dust storm or something. And so then I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's great. And I come outside and it was like, people were like battering. They're like batting down the hatches. I mean, people were like running <laughs> to their cars. It started like to rain. Coming yeah, no, I mean, and like, there was a guy like that. We have these doors that swing out on our facility that, you know, go back and forth. He was like staking it down to the ground because it was like <laughs> swinging back and forth. Like I was like, oh no. And so I, I and I see like the, the dust swarm in the distance and I'm going, uh oh, this is not going to be good. This is going to be an experience. And when you see those, I'm kind of like, oh crap, I'm a dad. You know, I just kind of yep. get a little, <laughs> yep. <laughs> this I... one's going to suck. And I get <laughs> on the bike and this was the worst one. To, we've had some wins in the past, but this was the worst one to date. These winds were upwards of 35 to 40 mile per hour wind gusts. And Good Lord. up north, the, the other weird thing about this storm was most of the time they come from the south. But this one okay. came rolled in from the north, and that's why it hit us so bad because we have a lot of mountains to the south. And this one came down from the north and slammed into, into people 
uh, in all all over Phoenix. And I don't even know. It was like damage, like thousands were without power, uh, ripping what? it ripped down trees and power lines uh, all over the county. And I was in the middle of this storm riding my bike home. So <laughs> I, I mean, I, it was kind of one of those, oh, well, I should, maybe I shouldn't be doing this, but I just kind of went for it. And thankfully I made it home. Okay. But it took me, I mean, I was going the slowest I've ever gone in my life. When I was heading directly into the headwind, I could barely crack 10 miles per hour. It was like wow. I was going up a massive hill, but I was just going flat against the wind. And the wind, like I was covering my, my head. I had my head down because the wind was the wind and sand. This was like a sand storm. So I'm getting pelted by little fragments of sand. I had my, my throat was scratchy. When I got home, I was taking, I was trying to breathe only through my nose. And it was just one of the craziest things I've ever experienced talking about the difference between San Diego and, and Arizona. That's one I didn't have to go through when I was living in San Diego. Um, and I actually, the wind was blowing so hard that I had East to get home. And the, again, it was coming from the North. So I was crossing a main road and it blew so hard that it literally, I didn't have very much speed. It pushed me like out of the way, <laughs> just completely. I mean, it was like, you're going over here. And I was like, Whoa, there's a car there. I mean, it was just crazy and not something I, I really have ever experienced in my entire life. I mean, it's rare that you're out there, not in a hurricane, not in like a tornado hitting 35 mile per hour dust winds that are, are pretty abrasive. They're not very fun, Sean. Yeah, no. All I'm saying is the move, the scene from the movie, The Mummy, where it's just like the dust storm yeah. moving across the desert. That's that's what I imagine. And I have to admit, there's a little part of my brain that wants to comment on how crazy you are for riding home in that, knowing that it was coming. But at the same time, I get it because it's probably a life experience that you will be able to talk about forever. But that is absolutely crazy that well, uh, it was that that dusty and that windy. It, well, and it was a little, you know, I it was dumb probably to a certain degree because I was thinking even like midway through it, I was thinking this is bad enough. Like at one point there was like trash that was like coming at me, like like a plastic bags and things were coming at me and like stick, you know, it was like, I was just thinking, wow, like if there was actually a piece of broken off debris, I don't think I would be able to, cause you know, you go into it and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to be okay. Like yeah. I'll be fine. But then midway through when my mind was catching up with the adrenaline dummy inside of me, I, it was kind of saying, Hey, like if there was actually a, a tree branch or something, you would just get swacked and oh, you'd yeah. be thrown to the side of the road. <laughs> so I, Anyway, don't do that, people. Um, I'm going to be much more careful. Most of the time, it's not a big deal. And in and, and my mind, it's kind of like, if there's no lightning, I'm okay. But mm -hmm. it was so, Sean, I'll send you some videos. There was part um, of, the com of the community actually got completely whited out. Like nobody could see and they all had to stop on the highway. So I got, oh, I got pretty lucky. That's, that's absolutely crazy. I've heard of stuff like that happening. But, you know, living in growing up in San Diego, you know, thinking about that, the closest we have is just fog that sometimes will row through. But like I've even heard stories of people saying that it rains so hard they had to stop on the side of the road. And I've just never experienced that coming from here. So, uh, yeah, definitely send me some videos. I want to go check that out. And for anybody, just Google Phoenix dust storm and you'll be able to find some good articles and some good videos about it. Well, and we also want to say, uh, as much as it is kind of, this one was a little bit comical for myself. Uh, you know, we hope everyone's safe and okay and, and getting, getting through all right after the devastation that took place, uh, in Florida this last week, um, you're in our thoughts and prayers. So, um, definitely, definitely keep your head up and, and, uh, keep on trucking and, uh, we'll people we're, we're with you. We're with you in spirit. Um, all right, Sean. So let's dive into some of the, some of the things that we also are, are right around the corner here. And that's, that's our fall 
slash Halloween traditions. We have now officially entered into October. It's October 4th. And man, it's starting. It's actually starting to cool, cool down here. It was 60 this morning here, Ooh, which that nice. was great. A little bit of a cold snap after the crazy dust storm. Um, and I, I know one thing I've talked about it in the past, but this time of year, the fall beer, it's here for me. And I get so excited. Uh, and that is definitely one of my, one of my favorites. I, I just get so nerdy with it. It, it's like my thing. You were kind of mentioning what you're willing to spend, you know, more money. And it's kind yep. of like an expected thing, man, when it comes around, I just can't, <laughs> I can't help it. I, I end up, I, I look down. I don't, I, I don't even have a lot of time to enjoy beer, but then I look down. It's like, I have all this, these treasures just ready to, to consume. And it's a really fun time of year for mainly again, with friends and family, you just, yep a good time and it gets cool and, and Trader Joe's, you know how much of a fan I am of, of Trader Joe's. They just came out with their howling gourds, pumpkin beer. Ooh. If you've never tried it, nope, I never highly tried it. recommend it listeners and you Sean. Okay. The howling gourds. And that one only comes out during this time of year with everything else that Trader Joe's has to offer. So that's definitely one I I just picked up for my wife and I. We we enjoy that one. Uh, any any fall beers that you you like, Sean, or is this just just a one sided discussion right now? Mainly just a one sided discussion. <laughs> um, for for anybody who has known John for longer than one fall season, almost a guarantee he has talked to you about his favorite fall beer because it is just something that he absolutely loves, and I love how passionate he is about it because it is so cool to watch somebody care so much about something that just a, doesn't a, matter no it's like it's a hobby i mean it is the most pinnacle idea of a hobby it's something that you look forward to every year you really get behind it you've learned the science behind it you've you've experimented with this one particular beer that i'm thinking of that you really like uh from bj's oh for, for so many years <laughs> yes that like you know it, it's just this this thing that you do that uh yeah it, it's so much fun to see you talk about it in the the fall beer going into to like the winter beer selection um yeah you, i you better believe i'm i'm gonna be getting people out to experience the grand crew this year oh i bet you are i i am i am so for me Fall isn't necessarily about the beer for me. Fall is about two, especially this time of fall. October is two big things for me. One, pumpkins. I love pumpkin carving. Ooh, that is one yes. of my favorite favorite things to do this time of year. Um, just getting ready for Halloween, getting the, the house prepped for decorations, getting the pumpkins carved. It is one of my favorite things making oven roasted pumpkin seeds mm. uh, with some salt and some pepper on there. It's it's one of my favorite parts of this, of October specifically. The next big thing is we are in full swing into football season. Yes. You know, I think we just finished week four. We did. So like this is, we're at that point where it's like the the, the fresh season jitters have kind of shaken off. And now it's like we're getting really heavy into some really good games. Uh, and I think there's only one team left that's undefeated. So there has been a lot of shakeup in the the league of this season. I don't even know who it is at this point. I'm, I think it's uh, I thought it's somebody that you wouldn't expect. So that's the Eagles. Oh, the Eagles. The yeah. Eagles. Jalen Hurts and crew. Yeah, the only undefeated team. Yeah, well, he's now. he's a maniac. And uh, yeah. I don't know if you were able to see this last weekend of games, but there was some crazy storylines going on uh, between Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes going at it. That was kind yep. of interesting. Sometimes I, I don't get to enjoy the games as much as I would like because of my duties as a parent. I was alone mm -hmm. this weekend with the kids. And uh, so sometimes I, I, I miss out, but I am right there with you. It is such a special time. Uh, there's some great story storylines happening, of course. And it's such a dynamic thing watching these players that I think as you get older, I, I always used to wonder when I was younger, why people were so into football. 
Like mm-hmm. I was into it because my mom was into it and I really enjoyed watching. But now that I've sort of became older and understood more about what it is to be a human, uh, well, right, you start to really develop like the culture behind community, not just your community, but like community on a more global scale. Yep. So I'm really looking forward to this year also World Cup happening because that's just such a special time for the entire world. And I don't know, it's just been interesting to see, you know, you develop, you mature as a person. And the storylines, I got into fantasy football four years ago at this point now, and I really have turned it around. I mean, my first season, I was dead last, dead <laughs> last in my league. And I look back at that uh, earlier this year in preparation for this season. Right now, I'm three and one, Sean, in second nice. place. Nice. Tied with three other teams. We've got one one team, four and oh. I don't know, he, don't know how he does it. He's an amazing manager of everything. Um but he did just lose Javante Williams. Javante, unfortunately, this this week had a, for those of you who are nerding out on the football, he had a uh, ACL tear and a number of other things that, that took place in his leg, which are unfortunate, but he is out for the season. So that is rough for the Broncos, the already struggling Broncos, led by Russell Wilson and crew. <laughs> My yep. goodness. Now, it is an interesting talk about storylines. Geno Smith seeing what he has done with the uh, Seahawks in the absence of Russell, because everybody was saying, what is Gino going to do? Well, I mean, you know, DK's done, Tyler Lockett's done, and hey, Rashad Penny, SDSU alumni, making it happen. Uh, he they Just did killing play, it. Killing it, man. Two TDs last last week, over 100 yards rushing. This guy is, and and we he was, he's part of our class. Uh, I think he was a graduate of 17 it was either 16 or 17 but but that's great to see gotta gotta keep the sdsu pride going where you can most of the time they they flare out <laughs> but he's been a he had a rough go to start to start his career but he's definitely done well and i feel like that that team the seahawks again with with geno smith kind of like really starting to click uh it's all of the guys are just coming around him like, no, we will, we will dominate. And it, it yeah. it's interesting. Also, same with uh Cowboys with Cooper Rush. Have you seen it, did you did you see that game? I did, I did. So we we watched what we could on red zone while we were driving back on Sunday because that was our, our travel day. Um and and granted it was on a little phone screen, but oh yeah, know, that... we we made it work. <laughs> that's true, um, that's true. But yeah, speaking about the Seahawks and, and Russell Wilson leaving, I definitely was worried because I'm a semi-Seahawks fan. Uh, they were the Uh-oh. first professional NFL team I ever saw play. I went up to That's Seattle right. on New Year's Eve 2017 and watched the Seahawks play. Uh, and, you know, I've got family from the Pacific Northwest. So, like, I kind of feel this this attachment. I don't really root for anyone team, but I kind of feel an attached for the Seahawks. And I was kind of worried when Russ Wilson left because he was such a big name for them, but they've been really killing it. Now the, I feel like almost the opposite has been happening to the Patriots when Tom Brady left because he carried, in my opinion, he carried the hell out of that team. And mm. now that he's not there, it's, it's very interesting to watch how much they've struggled yeah. losing that one big player, but then also seeing Brady struggle this season. Hmm. It's just a lot of weird things kind of happening all at once. And you're like, I, I hope what's happening to the Patriots doesn't happen to the Seahawks. I think they're, I hope they're able to kind of come together and I win think, together. I think they're showing, showing that they can do it. I mean, they have the talent. Gino's got a lot to prove. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's I, the Patriots have, have had a rough go and this yep. is something, you know, we can, probably dive into more in the future and see where these storylines go uh, as you know, again, but this is it. This is why we enjoy this time of year because we're, we're watching this stuff in real time, week to week, seeing how these teams overcome adversity. You're not, you're not thinking Arizona just straight up sucks and then they don't suck. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going, what in the world is going on? I don't How do people root for this team? Um, but let's actually, let's table this one. And let's move on to tonight's main event, which is we want to talk about something I've been diving into recently. Uh, Sean knows 
I talked yep. to talked to him about it this this weekend actually, and when he was in town, and it's hiking with kids, hiking with children, your children specifically, because I guarantee you you're not doing this unless they're related <laughs> to you by blood. <laughs> was it that bad of an experience, John? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, it actually. So the no, it's it's not that it's terrible, but as a somebody who is pretty good at hiking myself, I consider myself a pretty competent hiker and I I'm in pretty good shape for a dad. Uh, just, just uh, cut all of your expectations in about by about three quarters, not even about half, just, just cut it all the way down Mm -hmm. to three quarters of the way. Yeah. Everything is going to just go without really lack of any other words to say, you're going to be, brought to a crawl and i guess what i want to first lead off with something i've I've realized when hiking with family family and kids specifically we did a pretty big hike this weekend i i took him out i had this big plan uh we have a local mountain here it's about a thousand feet it's similar to cow's mountain or cole's mountain back in san diego and that's what i grew up hiking when i was a little kid so i thought okay i gotta find something similar in length and i found Mm -hmm. a good route uh, use the Gaia software and it's actually been okay. great. I, I just started using it again. It's a free app on the app store and you can actually search. It's just like all trails, but without the pay, uh, Ooh. boundary. So Ooh, you nice. just, you just download it and it's got it. They've got all their stuff on there and, uh, definitely recommend that app because I'm not a fan of ultra all trails because of the fact that you can't, you can't yeah. really see anything and, unless you pay. I, I, yeah, I'm not about their that. free version. Their free version sucks, to be honest. Really, the only only way I think all trails free version is worth anything is if you're just logging the hikes you've done. But if you want to actually find any information about anything, all trails is not very good. So I'm excited because I don't have any other apps to do this with. So I'm excited to to hear this. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll link this. Uh, I'll link the Gaia site in the show notes for you guys. And, uh, if you, if you, if you want to try it out, um, definitely feel free. You can also use their offline map feature, which I've done. I, it's actually what I use when I'm at in the back country these days. So, and that's also free as long as you load the, the map and then turn it on airplane mode. It keeps that, that, uh, that timestamp, like the data is all saved there. So. And again, I'm, I mean, I love the, the app so much that I'd be willing to pay. It's kind of like a Spotify deal for me. Like I mm-hmm. pay for Spotify because I love the app. I, it's that good of a service. But uh, Gaia is that good that that I'm, I, you know, I'm all for it. So I'll, I'll link that down the, the show notes for you guys. But diving into it, first and foremost, right off the bat, with hiking with kids and family in general, but, but kids, I found this route. It was three miles up. Uh, about a thousand foot of elevation gain. Good, good starting point. Um, yeah. Sorry. So it was about a four, four mile round trip. So to get to the high point that I wanted to get to, it was about two and a half, two and so miles. I think it was like a little bit of bleed over too. So I, I thought, okay, I'm going to try this. This, this would be a great hike for the kids. And I, what I had learned from previous hiking experiences with them was one, you got a plan for, at least double to triple the amount of time you think you're going to be out. Uh, that's that's where you, what your baseline is. And it's really a worst case. Like you have to go worst case with everything when you're talking about having kids with you. You got to bring the knife. You got to have the compass. You got to have all of the extra things that you wouldn't necessarily think to take mm-hmm. because you've got other lives in your hands. And so that's that's first, you know, up front, something I've really been thinking about. Um Water is also super important. You know, they talk about having, again, when you're talking about the heat, it was, it ended up getting up in the nineties, even it's cooling down a little bit, yep. but it was pretty hot on Saturday, Sean, um, uh, to be out there around, you know, midday. And so we were, I, I sent you that picture. We were out there yep. still up high in the mountain by uh, around 10 30, 11 o'clock before we had even headed down. So it's important for yourself to be outfitted with water. Uh, at least I, I think at a minimum, I'm going to be bringing six liters. I have two kids. That's two for me and, and two for both kids and two for just backup Mm -hmm. as it just, just in case I, again, I, I really don't think 
I've had to lay down all of my preset notions about how I hike and just rethink everything. The first one is, is water. You don't, I can't really gauge how you're, I'm training up these little young whippersnappers on something that's difficult. And so having to do that has been a, you know, I don't really know, like, what is their body doing? Like, I know what my body's doing, but I don't yep. know. I can't read their minds. It's also, they don't communicate as well as you do. So you got to just err on the side of caution. So I'm definitely, you know, six, six liters is kind of what I'm thinking is a good five to six. Good, good starting point for the, for the kiddos. Um, and that's, again, I'm talking specifically desert hiking. Like this is, this is not normal hiking. Like you got to get in and get out. And our hike this weekend, we didn't even make it to the top, Sean. We did 3.8 miles. So we almost did it, but we had to stop just short of the, of the top. And that was just kind of something that I had to make the call. I was, you know, I said, okay, not gonna, I don't think we're going to make it. So as much as I hate turning around without making a summit, Hey, let go of the pride and, and turn around for your kids because they were starting to get a little grumpy. Mm. Um, and, and I needed to, uh, I needed to, to take that in. The next thing is obviously you need, you need a lot of food. So bring, <laughs> bring, bring food for the kids and not really yourself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all for the kids just feed the they, kids keep them they, happy they just want they just want food um yeah no i kind of again i think mentality is really important the the overarching takeaway from this experience that i want to share is mentality is so important when you're talking about bringing your kids hiking positivity if you get down and and you're being negative they will pick up on that and be negative because mm -hmm. they're only going to do what they see Yep. And trust me, when you're in the middle of Phoenix heat, it's 1130 and you're hiking and the sun is beating down on you. Uh, yeah, it's not great. Um, <laughs> and, and the kids know it. So you're, it falls on you as the parent to be the one to lift the spirits. I mean, I was like singing songs, say, talking about keeping their mind off again. It's like hiking, like what we do. You yep. keep your mind off of the task, one foot in front of the other, uh, you know, you talk about things that are coming up. Like I kept talking about lunch. I kept talking about, oh yeah, we're going to go get food. Uh, we're going to get some pizza. We're going to, you know, just things that, that we like doing, they like doing too. And I thought that was really interesting. Like a lot of the same psychological tricks that we play on ourselves actually work, uh, with the little ones. And my son is not even two yet. And he did, he did pretty well. I had to carry him a, a little bit, but, uh, yeah. So, the, and then finally ending with two things that I thought were very important and that's patience. So I really felt like, uh, if you don't have patience going into this, you're not going to be good at it. And, and it's, so again, laying down the pride and, and having patience kind of like a two stepper because you're probably not going to hit your goal. Like I wanted to summit. I yep. thought we could have done it, but it got too late. It was, it was getting close to noon and a lot of, the, this is actually what I use, Sean. I don't know what, you, let me know what you think about this tactic. People were coming up behind us, right? And they were, so we started around 830, which is pretty good. We got, mm -hmm. I got them out there. We got up there. And so we were taking off, hitting the trail and people were passing us to, to go to, because it was still pretty early. So people all the way up until about 930, people were still passing us mm -hmm. on the trail. And as soon as those people, like the last few people started coming back down, I was like, all right, that that's when I sort of knew that's the cutoff. Like, we're not going to be the last ones on the mountain today. We yep. got to, we got to turn it around and, and start the process of getting down because honestly, you don't know, this was the thing. And, and I want to say this, don't get scared, but in the moment it is difficult to not feel a little like in these unknown situations, like you don't, there's a sense in which you don't know how your kids are going to react. Yep. You got to make sure they're drinking. You got to make sure that they're like, I had to take my daughter to the bathroom. Um, you know, these are things that are like important and difficult for us, but it's also, you got to keep in mind that they're, they're probably struggling with some of the same things that you are and, and, and not knowing like where they're at mentally, their bodies are so much smaller. So anyway, I'm, I'm still un uncovering and unwrapping 
that uh, that whole process of, you know, how you bring them up in a in a meaningful way and to where they're having fun and and not getting and then telling myself, you know, confidence, right? Having confidence and not to get scared yep. about when you're turning around like, uh oh, did I push it too far today? That's a, a really, really good point, because when you I'll admit when you said you were taking the kids on a hike and I had just gone outside to take the dog to the bathroom and I was starting to recognize how hot it was getting. I, <laughs> I like for myself, I felt I put myself in your shoes and I was like, oh, man, like I I would be so scared in that situation. And thinking about how it would be hypothetically, not even in the situation, I can see how you'd have to consciously focus on keeping morale up, but paying attention to the kids because like you said, they can't communicate. And so you have to make sure that everything is okay. So you're hyper vigilant. You're trying to keep them happy. And at the same time, you're, you have that in the back of your mind. Like, when do I turn around? When is it going to be too much? Because, you know, especially in up and down, you know, that if you go too far to where you're, you're like, I haven't even turned around yet. And my kids are starting to get hit that cutoff point we still have the exact amount of distance we've already walked to get back to the car so if it's if you wait too long then you're risking am i going to be able to make it back but mm -hmm. you don't want to cut it off too early and means of maybe we can hit the summit so i think doing what you did and paying attention to who is going up and who is coming down is a fantastic way of looking at it because at some point when people stop coming up it means that they're projecting it's going to be too hot or whatever it is Okay, if we, we shouldn't be continuing to go forward if nobody else is going forward. We should start heading back with everyone else. And that way, also, the next last person on the mountain is closer to you than if you kept going and the last person left the parking lot. And now you have a situation and there's nobody within miles to help you. So I think that was a, a very good way about going about that. Well, thanks. And and yeah, I think that's another secondary point on this one is finding a route when, when sourcing a route listeners for this type of activity, try and make it shorter than longer. Again, I was trying to find something that would, it said on the, on the app that it was 3.6 miles. So I even thought it was a little <laughs> bit shorter like yeah. round trip. It was supposed to be 3.6. So we should have technically made it according to that, but it was actually more like four. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, but the good thing was it was close to the city. You know, I knew there's only one route and it's pretty straightforward. Uh, but now I will say it was difficult, man. It was cool to see. And I'd love to, I'm, I'm going to go back. Like I can, you can, I can't believe this, but you can actually ride your mountain bike down it. Ooh. And it is like stone city. Like you are <laughs> legitimately like, I mean, Eleanor's climbing up these rocks. Like it is not a straightforward hike. Mm -hmm. So I was over the moon with how well they performed overall, both her, I, she's now the rock queen. That's okay. her new nickname. She's the rock queen. And she did amazing. My daughter handled the entire thing. I didn't have to hold her or, and she kept, you know, she, she followed my lead as far as keeping up the, the mentality. She, I had, you know, little couple wines here and there. We all feel it. Yep. Yep. Been there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she, she she came came to, came to and it was it the best part the best part i kept saying you're going to look back on this this is like life it's really difficult and but at the end of the day you're you're going to look back and say wow what a, what an awesome experience what a great hike and she she you know again she, these are things she's learning what does that mean like what is what is that even so it's almost like a training tool for life as well which i really am digging because oh. you, you get to show your children like it is difficult, like life is hard. Things are difficult in life, but also there can be fun even in the, the pain of we are prepared. So there was nothing that in my mind that was going to stand in our way of like getting getting to safety and having everything going. And I kept saying that like daddy's here. He's going to keep you safe. Um, when we get down, you're going to be so happy. And sure enough, when we actually got to. She was just over the moon <laughs> and we, she was like saying like, great job team. And, you know, we oh, were like, high so cute. and, uh, yeah, so it was a very, very overall great, happy end of the, to the story. And, uh, again, I highly recommend if, if you're thinking about it and you're, you're just, again, you got to take the step to try it. It's, it's yep. a, it's a difficult one. 
It takes a lot of effort to make it happen like most things with kids, but it can be done. Yep. And looking back on it, listening to you talk about this and your experiences, it's, I didn't experience, I didn't discover this stuff, the hiking, the outdoors until I was basically an adult. I was in my late teens, early twenties when I started recognizing how much I like hiking and going outside and being in nature. I didn't get to do that as a kid because my parents weren't into it. And so they never took me out on these trips. And I feel like I would be in such a much better spot, both experience wise, fitness wise, health wise, had I had that experience as a young kid. And now I'm having to make up for that as an adult. And I think doing that with your kids is fantastic. And anyone out there who has kids who maybe you like hiking and you're not sure if your kids do, just go ahead and, and do this requires more prep but i i tell you that looking back i wish i had had this opportunity so i can't imagine to see what eleanor and harrison are going to be like you know in 5 10 15 years when they look back on the memories of be- becoming the rock queen and going through these hikes i think it's going to be so fantastic <laughs> i know I'm, I'm really excited my, myself because it's pushing me you know again i i don't you don't do these things and and not plan to not get anything out of it and it really it's a different level of endurance it's it's a whole it's a switch in the mindset so that's been really cool to see and i'm, I'm excited to continue the process thanks for listening and and providing some you know feedback sean it's always good to pick your brain here what you think about some of these things and uh, yeah oh wow voice crack at the end of the episode listeners. Here, here we go so we will be linking all of the things we talked about this evening. Keep up the the various things you do. If you guys have any fall traditions, we'd love to hear about them. Uh, we want to also recommend, if you haven't listened to our episode from last week with Captain Ox, we had a great time talking with him last week. Uh, and we hope you enjoyed listening to that. Uh, I know Sean enjoyed his book and... And yeah, we're really excited to see where 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 his journeys take him because he's an absolutely he has a great blog, so check that out. Sean, anything to add before we shut it down for this episode? Nope, just a recommendation. Get out there, plan a trip, meet up with some friends, grab some drinks. Uh, it was an incredibly fun time and I will look back on that with fondness so please please just get out there reach out to your friends text them grab some dinner see see how you can you know engage with them and and hang with them it's it's more important than you think so that that's my my two bits and the things I'm trying to work on in my life love it man love it community is important well thanks a lot Sean and hey listeners we'll catch you next time on the how to hobby podcast thank you for listening to another episode of the how to hobby podcast if you've enjoyed what you've heard please give us a like and or follow us wherever you get your podcasts thanks a lot and take care